Hello, Internet peeps, and welcome to another edition of Big Trouble in Little Podcast, episode 112. I am Joe Dubs. I'm I'm Zach. And here we are with the final Sean Connery James Bond ranking movie, Never Say Never Again. The last one for now. He might be in another one. One day. One day. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Never uh, say never. Yep. <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about this movie and then we're going to give our final rankings from one or from seven to one. Um, so keep an eye out on that. Um, I guess I'll say this in the beginning just so that uh, people know where we're at. So if you want to listen to us, make sure you go on Spotify, Apple, uh, Stitcher. Uh, we're also on Red Circle. If you search up Nerd of You Network, you can download our shows on there. But before we get into this movie, guys, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? I'll start off first. Um, so I went over to my parents' house, and usually when that happens, me and my dad watch a bunch of movies. So we watched the Independence Day Resurgence movie. God, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> I was drunk throughout that whole fucking movie. Uh, but, that didn't uh, make it good? No, not at all. Jeff Goldblum was all right. Um, I fuck up on the names. The guy who plays the president who gives that uh, speech, he was just like a drunk, crazy guy. Uh, and yeah, that's the, the movie falls through. Uh, Thor's brother, not Loki, but then Thor's real brother, Liam uh, Hemsworth, was like the one of the fighter pilot people. And Will Smith's son, not his real son, his character's son, is is in this movie. And that, that always upset me. Like, what a missed opportunity to actually cast Jaden Smith. Yeah. And... I mean, the movie's already bad. Who cares how good of an actor he is? <laughs> how, how did Liam Hemsworth do the modern-day Frank Stallone? <laughs> uh, he was kind Frank of... Frank Stallone movies win. <laughs> I already know mine. He he was bland in this movie, so power, power. So Frank's alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else did I watch? I watched this uh, movie called Archive. Uh, quick story: uh, him and his wife get into a car accident. He's building robots. Well, he's supposed to build like a security system, but he's building a robot using her personality so he can bring her back to life because, you know, he's depressed and he wants like I guess a robot version of her. I don't know. It it was really, really good, and it was on Amazon. They rented it for $4. It's a good rent. Um, Watch more Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm on season four. Um, You know, Captain Picard becomes a Borg. Um, And that show has such good fucking writing. I love The Next Generation. Yeah, it's like one of the best TV shows ever. Mm-hmm. And they explain like about so much issues that happen today and they keep it, it's very 90s when they, they teach you about like, uh, you know, bullying and all the politics that are happening in the world. And they, they they mend it into this like science fiction stuff. So which is really cool. Um, Games, I played a little bit of Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I saw you streaming it. I didn't dare watch, though. It's it's good. It's a it's a very big learning curve. Uh, I'm still getting freaked out. I don't know if my TV's going out or my consoles are going out because it's still rendering pretty poorly. So, 
Um, I'm trying to think what else did I do. I felt like I watched. Oh, I watched a Mel Gibson movie. <laughs> it's a pretty new one where um, I forgot the the fucking title of the movie, but it they're in Puerto Rico. Um, there is a fucking uh, Category Five hurricane. Some guy is stealing art out of a vault in an apartment complex, and it's very cheap. And Mel Gibson just does a lot of like racial shit and like curse words and all that stuff. That's why it's a budget movie, I think. I think they spent all the money on Mel Gibson, and that's it. Uh, and that's it. Um, I watched a little bit of um, Slammiversary. Um, a lot of WWE guys are in fucking impact now for some strange reason. So, Andy, what what about you? What, what did you watch or do and all that stuff? Plenty more snatcher. I'm snatching. Um, I've also it's, it's some. I, I all I needed to do was like test something. So I just went and got a random game, and ever since, I've been stuck playing Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, like, every day. Now I'm <laughs> obsessed with it for some reason. When I was a kid, I was always super terrible, and I'm still super terrible at it, but now I've played more Puyo Puyo games, which is what that game is. It was They were just trying to uh, anglicize Puyo Puyo. And now I can, like, get up to, like, the seventh, eighth robot or whatever, and I'd, I'd like to, like, be able to beat it one day and it's just fun i poyo poyo is just fun um uh and i watched a bunch of hamilton again i was somewhere and it was on and it's just it's so catchy i couldn't look away and uh tonight i watched where is there it is um uh, a movie called go to hell bastards <laughs> what the fuck? it's uh it's a it's a yakuza movie from the 60s it's it's the kind of kind of shit that only weirdos like me buy and watch but um, it's directed by Seiji and Suzuki. It stars Joe Shishido. Like as soon as I knew that, I was like, "Well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna buy that sight unseen." And sure enough, it was a really good movie. I liked it a lot. I was finishing up the special features before we started recording, and it was all really interesting too. I, I just, I love um, Yakuza movies from the '60s. It's like one of my, one of my favorite niches. And that's it. No games. No uh, other stuff. I mean, Doctor Robotnik and Snatcher. Cool, cool. Zach, what about you? Uh, still been playing Red Alert Command and Conquer. I bought a new updated version of Age of Empires 2, the definitive edition. It's got updated graphics, extra civilizations, extra game modes. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, I guess the thing I like best about it graphically is, is like the there's more uh varied terrain and it feels a little bit more atmospheric in the maps now mm-hmm. um like now there's mountains and stuff and there's there's like there's like grass mixed in with snow instead of just snow <laughs> <laughs> um what else have i played I, i've been starting to play snatcher too myself um and i watched this movie that we're getting ready to talk about and I'm still reading Swamp Thing. I'm about to finish that. Nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. I think we're going to get into some never say never again. I I, I, I kind of want to start this off. Did this movie... So this movie is canon with the James Bond movies, right? No? No. No? No. Completely wrong. Okay. Why was it made? And 
the guy who helped write the screenplay for Thunderball decided that he owned the rights to a bunch of the shit that he made up for the screenplay for Thunderball, so much so that he went to court over it with Ian Fleming in um in the British court system. And it turned out after that that he owned the rights to specific situations that Bond would be in, but he didn't own other specific situations, and they jointly owned a few ideas, and then he owned the characters of um, Largo and uh, uh, the, the the brother and the sister. They changed their names to Patachi in this, but whatever they were before. He like owned a bunch of the ideas from it, even though Ian Fleming wrote the goddamned book. Somehow it still worked out that way. So... And he sat on that, like, from the late 60s on or something like that until in 83 they were finally, like, starting to make this movie because um, they had some money attached to it. You might have noticed it was the production company was uh, Orion, and mm. they did make, like, a bunch of legit movies. I'm not casting shade against Orion, but they also made, like, a bunch of nonsense. I think they have ties to canon films, but I, I'm, I might be pulling that out of my ass. I might be wrong about that. But anyway, he finally like got it together and they were putting it all together and they'd been casting for it for like five years or something. And basically he just like rewrote the story and there there's like a legend that uh, other people contributed the story here and there. Sean Connery got some creative control, so he contributed the story here and there. And I can't remember what the connection is. He's friends with or something. Um uh, a chick who was in the Godfather movies and is also Francis Ford Coppola's something sister or something. So supposedly Francis Ford Coppola contributed ideas to the script as well. But it's, over a long time, he like worked it into this and they were trying to figure out who was going to play Bond forever. It was almost George Lazenby. And then Connery said, yeah, I'll do it. And they said, okay, Lazenby, fuck off. We got Connery. <laughs> Wow. And it just like the, the movie it's like how the movie got made is way more interesting than the movie. And the movie's fine, but man, I'd watch a documentary about this movie. All right. Right off the bat I'll say this. Kevin Bassinger, great. And when I saw it, I was like, wait, is that Vicky Vale from Batman? And then Zach is like, Yes, that is. Yeah. And I was like, Holy shit. Perfect. Okay. Uh, she but- hadn't quite broken out yet at this point, too. So mm-hmm. Um, Barbara Carrera, who played Fatima, um, was amazing. I like her. I think she, she cap, she captures the, (laughs) the goofiness of Spectre while the other ones felt very serious, if that makes any sense. I liked better in Thunderball. The same character has a motorcycle that shoots a rocket out of it. I miss Mm -hmm. that motorcycle. Gotta have more rocket motorcycles. Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck was she wearing most of that movie? As it was the early 80s. The fashion hadn't figured out what it was going to do yet. <laughs> and by the way, everybody's like recasted in this fucking movie. M is, yeah. di- M is different. Q is different. I fucking hate M in this movie. Oh, dude. Worst M ever. <laughs> I just, yeah. just want to point that out. I mean, there's only been like two M's and they're both like amazingly great actors. It's just Bernard Lee and Dame Judi Dench. Those are the only M's there have ever been. And you don't need any other M's. They're both great. Mm hmm. And I like oh, I, no, in the newest in the absolute newest ones. There's um, is it Ray Fiennes? Who is it now? I don't know. Whoever it is now is good too. I'm thinking that this guy though he was kind of meant to come off this way, like fucking asshole and shit. Yeah, they wanted him to seem like a dick and like kind of a joke. And 
I don't like that. N- yeah, like no. the whole deal. The whole deal to me was it's like, oh, Bond's like he's old now. He's kind of a relic of a bygone age, and uh, the world's moved on, and MI6 has moved on. Yeah, they don't even use the double O's anymore. Nope, and the budget's cut, and the, you got to get you got to get the go ahead from the computer, as, as Q tells them. Yeah, Algernon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is that the same Q, or is it just like they had to no. add it? No. 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 <laughs> no, I'm, I'm no, no one is the same anything in this movie. No, I'm saying like, is he like a different character in the Bond universe? Oh no, it, it's supposed to be like the Q we know and love. I think. Okay. Uh, I I didn't mind him. Uh, he's not as uh, <laughs> I like the other one better because he was just like, "Damn you, 007, You always ruin my shit." This one was like, "Hey man, that's a cool device. You like it, bro?" <laughs> kind of dude. A lot, a lot of them had a lot to live up to. Like you know, like I said, I hated him in this movie, but you know, try following Bernard Lee. You know, it's impossible. I didn't care for Q in this movie, but try following the guy who played Q. He's iconic. Uh, I, I don't know. They recast Felix Leiter, but he's a different actor in every movie, so who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, 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 someone new and she's barely in the movie so who cares and she's a lot younger i mean if you're it, it, then again that's me thinking canon again like if you're following the miss money penny like she was aging along with sean connery and now you just have like this young uh chick secretary but person. when he sees her he still acts like you know they, they still have a rapport as if they have worked together like when he was Doing the James Bond thing. So, how old was she then? Seventeen? What the hell? <laughs> um, don't like this Blofeld, by the way. This Blofeld was very, very fucking bland, and I just didn't care for him. I don't know what. Oh, about. that was that's 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 the one person I did kind of like. Now they screwed up his appearance and everything, but man, you can't just go. You can't go wrong with Max von Sydow. He could play a cardboard box, and I'd be like, yeah, Max von Sydow. <laughs> and then you have Maximilian Largo. Who's awful? Yes. Now that I, now, <laughs> he's terrible. I, I don't like him at all. Like he's he's like the, the original Largo was like kind of intimidating. We talked about that on the Thunderball episode. But like he got his hands dirty, and like when he fought Bond, it was kind of like oh he could shoot Bond. This guy though, I kind of felt like Bond was going to do that thing where he like holds him at arm's length, and the guy's like oh I'm going to get you. I'm going to like from Looney Tunes or something. <laughs> I, I I all right. I'm going to bring this out now. What did you guys think of the uh, the video game off that uh, him and Largo were doing. That was that was stupid, man. And I, 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 at, first, at first, like I saw, like like Connor, like he's he's following Kim Basinger into like the the arcade. I was like, there's a fucking arcade here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was the early '80s. They were like, oh, what are the kids like? And then they start talking and stuff. And then yeah, Largo comes up. He's like, yo, you want to play a game with me, Bond? And then he takes him to this weird fucking uh war games ish thing he made up and then world they pull- domination, i think it's even yeah, he, he just called it domination domination that was it because yeah. world domination that makes that makes me think of uh um war games which yeah. also came out this year didn't it didn't it come I think out it did. yeah mm-hmm. i think they both came out that year um but <laughs> that whole sequence was just goofy as hell and it just felt really out of place in a james bond movie like, it's clearly just shoehorned in there because the kids like video games we gotta have some video games uh the scene where they're in the arcade though i just wanted to mention i like i as soon as i saw it 
my dumb brain, instead of thinking about what year it was, immediately went, oh, man, those are all in really good condition. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. 1983, they're all brand new. <laughs> do you think, thinking like an advertiser, like, do you think all the game businesses were just like, hey, let's get our fucking game in a Bond movie? Like, or the other way around where, you know, the production company went to like the game business like hey you want to be in a bond movie and they just were like oh let's fucking put all our shit in there i assume it was something like that they probably just went to a distributor and they were like hey we need a fuckload of arcade machines because the i only noticed one that was like a household name centipede and the others are all kind of like who, who cares like they didn't stay in the test of time i didn't really recognize them mm-hmm. so i think they just went and said hey we need a fuckload of arcade machines and they just got i noticed a lot of those games were actually atari games so they probably made some kind of deal with Atari. In like 1983, Atari was still riding pretty high. Mm-hmm. That was right before the crash. Cool. And um, by the way, th- when he was explaining the rules to his fucking stupid world domination uh, uh, game, like there was a part where he said, well, if you get off the control, you forfeit the game. Was he saying the round or would, was he no. saying the game and then they let go they both let go of the controls like multiple times it's yeah just fucking well i mean largo lets go one time but like james bond lets go of the controls like four or five times before that scene's o- the, he, totally he, over he fucking it hurt shocking him ow he he, he, and, and, like, he like tricks him too because he just says if you let go of the controls you lose and he's like okay fine let's play and it shocks him and, and what's your reaction ah, it shocked me and he's like oh you lose i forgot to tell you it shocks you and it's like you fucking asshole <laughs> And fucking Sean Connery just like Ric Flair sells the fucking shock, which <laughs> yeah, and then Largo's just like eh, I let go. It's yeah, like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> because he's crazy. His, his pain receptors are messed up because he's crazy. He's certifiable. Well, yeah. What, what I like about Largo in Thunderball is like he he's this goofy eye patch dude that like do, does work, uh, but this guy he's fucking creepo, dude. Like he has a ship. Where he just watches his girlfriend do gym stuff with like dudes, and then just he decides to like barge in and you know act like he just came out of nowhere. Fucking creep, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't. He just seems like such a like when when Bond's in there, he's like, I'm hoping to pr- provoke a response or something, and he's watching him. Part of me was like, what if Largo just likes it? What if he just likes being a cuckold? Yeah, <laughs> it was crossed my mind, unironically. I, I did too, actually, because they, they they kind of build this version of Largo to be like this really unstable fucking, I guess, psycho. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I thought the same thing. Like this guy has like secret fucking mirrored glass like door rooms and where he spies on people. He's got all this other shit. And just... It doesn't even make sense because at first it seems like, oh, he's being a creeper and he's watching he's watching this this hot Kim Basinger in the next room doing stuff. And then it turns out that she's his fiance and it's like, well, what do you why are you spying on her? You can just that's just yours. <laughs> right? Like... <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Well, I, let's go back to that scene where, you know, she's working out with this dude. And, like, I feel like the dude was trying to make a move. And then, like, he, you could see the d- disappointment in him when he uh, left the room. But uh, another thing that weirded me out a little bit is the dialogue between her and uh, Largo. Because he's like, I give you this uh, raindrop Arab thing necklace and I'm going to put it on you. He's like, she's like, well, what if I leave you? And, like... 
then I'll cut your throat. Well, no, that's the thing. That's what he says, and then he just, like, laughs. Well, the thing is, like, the dialogue is just like, all right, ma- make a joke. But then she comes back, and he's like, no, really? And I'm like, bitch. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck? That, yeah, I thought that was kind of an awkward exchange there. And then he, you know, obviously responds with, I'm going to fucking cut your throat. And that delivered well. Like, I think if he would have said that and she was, like, laughing. Like, for example, you know, what if I leave you? And he's like, well, you know, I would just cut your throat or, you know, I would kill you. I think kill you would be better. Uh, I would kill you. And then she, like, laughed and they and he laughed. But it was like he only laughed. And I was like, this is weird. Like, I get it, they're trying to make him a creep, but that dialogue was just jumpy all over the place. Um, What did you think of Sean Connery in this movie in the first half? Because I felt like it was just like, I'm old and fat. Ha, ha, ha. The whole fucking first half. He wasn't fat. It makes more sense in this movie's defense that he goes to that spa. Because in Thunderball, it just kind of seemed like, what's he doing? Yeah. In, in this one, in this one, it's more like, hey, you're old, you're out of shape, your back doesn't work. Go to the spa, they'll fix you, they'll give you some salads. Don't don't go eating red meat. Oh, I got really pissed off when he opened his, his suitcase and it had an absolute vodka in it. No, wrong. Bond does not drink absolute. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> the same I'm like, no. Product placement. I, it makes a little more sense why he would be somewhere like that. But it, it makes, it, it deals less with the plot than it did in Thunderball. Because in Thunderball, it turns out like he, like he still encounters the pilot, but it it almost doesn't matter. Like he even sees him doing the eyeball thing, and then later he's like, "What if what what if someone replaced their eyeball with an eyeball like the president? Could they do it then?" That's and preposterous. Shut up. Got it. You shut up. And then they just <laughs> never talk about it again. It's like, oh, good, you wasted my time. Thanks, movie. Uh, um, well, I do I do like. Uh, what were you gonna say, Zach? I'm sorry. No, uh, nothing. That's just more of that whole like, oh, you're, that's silly spy shit from the '60s. Shut up, Bond. <laughs> I do like uh, Thunderball's version of how they took the bombs. By the way, how they did the bombs bombs in this movie was fucking lame. I don't know why. I was thinking a lot about that too because it's it's way more thrilling that it's like a plane and they hide it at the bottom of the ocean and stuff like that. But by 1983, they weren't like flying nuclear weapons around Europe anymore. Mm-hmm. So the writers had to be like, "What do they do now? Well, they launch cruise missiles. Okay, well we got to get some cruise missiles, but they're dummies. Oh shit, we got to figure that out." <laughs> so I, I'll cut them a little slack, but that doesn't change the fact that it's less thrilling. Yeah, and um, what would you, the fight scene with uh, the big dude and uh, Bond? Did it feel slow like the last movie that we saw uh, with Sean Connery? I felt it was a little bit better than Diamonds Are Forever. I'm yeah, it, that was a way that was a way better fight in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, <laughs> it, it, he fights that big guy who like puts the janitor in a fucking sleeper hold, and he <laughs> takes over his like his fucking. Oh his yeah, 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 thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, it's way more. It's way better shot. And yeah, like I, I think uh, I think whoever oh. Uh, stunt choreography on this movie was um, at least worked on, if not headed up by a young. Uh, so, uh, uh, I want to say Sylvester Stallone. He broke, he broke uh, Sean Connery's wrist during filming. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I read that somewhere. Along, I think it was Sylvester Stallone. I might be wrong, but I read that somewhere not too long ago. It was Frank Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, 
yeah i like that fight honestly i liked the beginning of this movie like quite a bit like i like that training exercise thing he did i mean he he just kind of fucked up at the end of it and got stabbed by the hostage and then there was like you're out of shape go to the go to the spa and it's like what he he it was more like a judgment thing not necessarily like a physical thing he just had bad judgment in that that one moment there um yeah, and then he's he's working out at the spa, and then that big guy fights him. And goddamn, it's like they're going all through the hallway, and it's like those people in that other room are watching a boxing match while they're fighting. They're <laughs> like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> That's way more satisfying of a fight than someone came in and turned his back lengthening machine on high or whatever that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Where it looks like he was humping the table for about like a good 10 minutes. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. I like how he killed the guy though. It was, that was hilarious. <laughs> he he, he was like in that basement where there was like it looked like it was a fucking chemistry lab or some yeah, shit. It looked like a bunch of like children's like Bill Nye set prop, <laughs> just like bottles with with food coloring in it. I, I was, that, was weird. That, that dude f5s him through like all those those shelves. That's what I said. He said, oh, <laughs> and then he's just like. He's like clearly out of options and he's like kind of old and this dude's like whipping his ass. By the way, what was that thing he was using? Like he that that big guy pulls like some kind of weapon. I don't know. It was badass, whatever it was. It seemed like an oversized door stopper, like one of those springy things. <laughs> yeah, but it was like cutting through shit. I'm like, yeah, that's clearly not like a blade. I was really confused about what that was. But um like he he's like out of options and he's cornered and he's like, uh uh, and he just sees like a big like glass of something and he throws it at the guy's face and at first he's like ah and you think he threw acid in his face and he you. just kind of hits that that cabinet behind him and then he falls over and you see he got stabbed by a bunch of glass and shit <laughs> and then he, lo- he looks at the glass and it's like his piss sample <laughs> <laughs> he throws piss in his face and it killed him yeah the, the comedy was great in that fight scene and i enjoyed it a lot uh i like the comedy in this movie better in a lot of regards and yeah. that is that it's not like Bond is doing something screwy. It's more like there's screwy stuff going on, but Bond is still straight. Bond is the straight guy to all the comedy. Like um, uh, Rowan Atkinson turns up in this movie out of nowhere. <laughs> and it's way over the top and shitty the way he's being like, oh, I'm trying to be a secret guy. I'm going to hide behind pillars. Oh, I, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm a weirdo British guy. And uh, <laughs> But Bond is still straight. Like there's no, there's no stupid... It's so much better. It's so much better than the Roger Moore humor. But whatever, we'll get to that later. And by- uh, I like how, I like how he came in though. Like when he's like trying to mac on that that uh, that woman in the care uh, the Bahamas. There, she's like getting ready to go fishing. Uh-huh. And she's like, "What?" He's like, "What are you fishing for?" He's like, "Oh, six foot two, brown eyes, you know, one hundred ninety pounds." And then he's like, "James Bond, James Bond." He's like running through a crowd yelling his name at the top of his lungs. I was trying to be quiet and like he was trying to be like covert. He's like, "Well, why did you like yell my name throughout a fucking bunch of people?" And he's like, "Oh." Uh, by the way, if anybody who doesn't know uh, Rowan Atkinson, Atkinson um, yeah. he's you know Mr. Bean. If anybody, you know. he's Mr. Bean. That's yeah. all. I- and Johnny English. Hello, it's Bond knockoff. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. <laughs> that's even funnier to think about now. Yeah. Um. What did you and I know I fuck up on names. So hopefully, I'm getting this right. Felix is his name. Felix. Yeah, Felix Leiter. Felix okay. Leiter. 
he's fine. He's not in the movie enough. It's just I like I, it. I like when he threw something at Bond. That was funny. He threw like a ball at him. He's like a cat. And he's like, oh shit, that girl's like freaking out. She ducks. <laughs> I just thought it was like a grenade or some shit. Um, I like this guy because he's more active. I don't like. I didn't like when they cast Felix Leiter a couple times, and he's like an older guy, and he's just like like in Goldfinger. I thought Felix Leiter was kind of fucking lame. It was just like in a car with binoculars, and it's like, oh, good job, Felix. Protect my country. He felt like a borderline retired police detective in that movie. <laughs> not oh. like a CIA, like the American counter uh, counterpoint to Bond or something. Well, I, I like in this one, um, <laughs> Fatima is like about to kill Bond, and like that's when he used the pen bomb thing, and um, it doesn't work at first. Yeah, he's like, he's like, how long have you been here? He's like, enough, enough of what? He's like, enough to see how you you know would react with her, and I'll you know see what you would do. What and, an asshole. <laughs> And I thought that was fucking funny. Uh, first, I thought he was with the the French police pe- people because, uh, you know, he, Bond turns the corner. He sees the cops and then like Felix comes in and that's when they have the conversation like, oh, shit, we need to run away. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I don't know. Um, Trying to think what else did I like about this movie? The music. What do you guys think about the music in this movie? It's good but there's a couple times where it's like what <laughs> i uh, i kind of hate it and yeah. it's like on its own it's it's music that i like wouldn't necessarily hate it has a weird like return to forever kind of like uh, uh stanley clark solo project kind of vibe to it at times it's like real real bass prevalent but man it's just so out of place in a bond movie like on its own, it's fine music. But in in this movie, I kept being like, I don't like this music at all. Where it is, the theme is no fun at the beginning and the end. Yeah. Uh, I just I don't know. I the, the music fell super flat. Uh, another there's a lot of people who work on this movie that worked on the original Bond movies because the screenwriter knew them and was like, Hey, I'm making another Bond movie. You want to go over here and work with Steve, uh, Sean Connery again? And uh, they tried to get the composer to come over, and he like politely was like, "No, I still work for the actual Bond, so no, thank you." But <laughs> I, th- I think that would have been a-, a bigger help for them. Um, one of the people who worked, the guy who directed all the underwater scenes in Thunderball, directed all the underwater scenes in this movie too. He's just underwater director guy, I guess, in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you guys think about that? Did you think they should have taken that out, or? you know try to copy not copy because it was different at least in thunderball it felt like an actual fucking uh lord of the rings battle stuff where they were just charging at each other this one was more very covert uh and you know less people compared to what, what thunderball was i think they had to have something they had to do some stuff underwater not only because of its source material thunderball but also because that's the most memorable thing about thunderball like whenever average movie going people think about thunderball and james bond they think about the underwater shit so you got to have a little bit of that in here okay zach what about you did you think this was necessary or you think they should have had something in there like andy was explaining yeah i I agree with what he's saying they got to have something uh i uh i kind of like that they didn't try to recreate the big giant scuba war yeah and instead they did something that was a little more a little bit more grounded. Um, I kind of like that we got to see Sean Connery do some shit with, like, you know, some some assault weapons for once, so to speak. Yeah. You know, because, like, he never... I, I thought about this the other the other day when I watched Her Majesty's Secret Ser- Service, and 
I was like, George Lazenby's got like a fucking Sterling submachine gun, and he's like, when they're charging the compound and shit. And I was thinking about that, and I'm like, man, Connery never got to, you know, handle a weapon like that. He always just had his Walther and stuff, and never really did anything like that. I mean, he's always doing spy shit, and you need something you can conceal. You can't conceal a submachine gun. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, shit hits the fan. and Yeah. They... I mean, every, everyone likes that a little bit. One of the most iconic um, pictures, it's on the cover of the Bond 50-year 50, 50 Blu-ray box I have. One of the most iconic pictures of Daniel Craig as Bond is the end of Casino Royale beginning of Quantum Solace, where he's holding that MP5, or not MP5, the UMP. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even have a PPK, and it's like one of the most famous um daniel craig bond pictures and he's yeah. got some machine guns so, so obviously people were just kind of like you know shouldn't he have a real gun once in a while mm-hmm. every now and then there's there is a really cool scene in one of the pierce brosnan movies where he's got his pvk but also he steals a guy's submachine gun and he fires them both at the same time and it's like yeah i like this <laughs> <laughs> um trying to think m is an asshole especially the part where you know, when they fight in the place and he's like, you just ruined everything in that place. Did you just like cheat on? Uh, did you have sex with somebody's wife? He's like, no, somebody was trying to kill me and he was being an asshole. Oh, that, that was yeah, way in the uh, the spa place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the things I think this movie has going for it over a lot of the early Bond stuff. And obviously they would have been able to learn this lesson by 1983. Uh, more locations. Mm-hmm. the caribbean's fine I, I like the caribbean i've been to the caribbean it kicks ass i want to go back but i need more than that so this movie's got wherever somewhere in england wherever that spa is uh the bahamas south of france undisclosed north africa location and then also the the tears of allah somewhere in the arabic desert i assume i don't know they don't say they don't tell you Oh, I like that a lot better, but some of the locations are still kind of like boring. They don't do much with some of them. Um, the north of France is just a fortress. It could have been a fortress anywhere in the world. South of France, it's like it looks nice, but uh, I, well, no, there's that chase. There's the, the there's actually a really cool chase where Bond's on the motorcycle. I like that car chase a lot. Yes, yeah, I like that car chase a lot too. The, That's one of the best car chases in a Bond movie, I think, because some of the cars are like flipping over and shit, and it looks really good. It's really well shot. It may be sad, though, because I think that they crashed in Alfa Romeo, Montreal, and that fucking <laughs> that, that scene. And I was like, oh, no, that's a great car. They just crashed. <laughs> yeah, coming from Diamonds Off Forever to this, I was uh, highly excited uh, what I was seeing. Um, they did a better job, too, of, like, having random cars. It didn't seem – like, in other Bond movies, I can always – it's always distracting because I'm like, oh, this was sponsored by Ford. This was sponsored by Aston Martin. But in this movie, they just got whatever cars they wanted. In that chase scene, there's like all different makes. It just seems like the kind of cars henchmen would have, maybe. Yeah, and that one in Diamonds Are Forever. I don't, I don't even know what fucking cars they were. But like when he's escaping the compound in the moon buggy, they're all like green, shitty sedans mm-hmm. or something. I think they might have been Chevys. I don't know. <laughs> well, and that movie did have a partnership with Ford. That's why that uh, Mach One Mustangs it. It must have been thunder. They must have been old Thunderbirds then. All right. Well, I, I'm out of things to say about this movie. What do you guys? You guys have anything else to say about the movie? It's weird. It's got a weird feel to it throughout. I think the soundtrack is to blame a lot for that, and you know, also kind of the casting. There's, there's this movie is undeniably a James Bond movie. You could watch any single scene, nearly any single scene, and be like, oh, it's a James Bond movie. 
but there's still something very un James Bond movie about it, and it's hard to put my finger on. Um, I think what, Sean Connery's great. I get it, but he felt out of place in this movie for me. I don't know. Seeing, you could tell a lot of makeup was done for him in this movie. I don't know if they were trying to hide the oldness that was happening around this time. Because to me, it's just like weird seeing him in this film. I, and I don't know why. Probably because, I don't know, like, I guess the 80s. <laughs> huh. Um. Well... I mean, he was—he's still old, and I think they were dyeing his hair. I, there was one shot where I was like, "Is that a hairpiece?" No, it's not a hairpiece. He still had his actual hair. But you know, some food for thought. I mean, uh, Last Crusade, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is six years after this. He goes from looking like this in this movie to looking like that in that movie in six years. So, I think they are hiding some, like you're saying. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's. I would have if if they really wanted to do this movie. I don't think I get the reason why they chose Sean Connery because it's fucking Sean Connery. Well, yeah, the star power, and he was already Bond. Yeah, if they got somebody different that they could showcase uh, to be like a an agent or something, I think they could have went more with Lazenby, uh, which obviously he didn't get chosen to be they wanted sean connery but they could have showed off more people because literally everybody's been recasted besides fucking sean connery <laughs> and so it's like i don't know this was a this movie like i said weird 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 and i think i actually might change uh my ranking that i have on my side based off of what we just talked about but zach what about you you have any final words about never say never again uh i liked it um it, I don't know. I, I like Sean Connery in it. That, honestly, that's the biggest draw of this movie is seeing him do it again. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they had a pretty good premise with this, where he was like, "Oh, he's kind of old. He's kind of a kind of a relic from the '60s and shit." They kind of started out kind of strong with that, and then they just dropped it at a quarter of the way through the movie. And I felt like they should have kept, you know, playing with that a little bit more. Um, I think it would have made the story stronger, at least. Even if it was like a re- another try at Thunderball, it still it could have separated it even more. Um, I, the music is weird, but like at times I'm like, oh, I kind of like that, and then at times I'm like, eh, it's that doesn't fit. And then there was times where I'm just like, where's the music? Like, yeah. like in that like in that scene at the end where they're fighting in that 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 cave, that weird fucking. Uh, I don't know, secret civilization area or some shit. And then there's like no music. <laughs> yeah. And that's like the one scene where you need music the most, like during a fight scene, at least you get some of like the, the hits and stuff and like people flipping tables and throwing shit at each other underwater. You don't get that. I don't want to hear just a bunch of water swishing around. You can play me some action music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They could have used more music in those action scenes at the end. I thought, um, the main, the the antagonist is kind of weird and not as imposing like we were talking about. Nope. Um, could could have used more Max von Sydow though. Yeah, definitely. Apparently, um, apparently there's a ton of deleted footage for this movie. According to Kim Kim Bassinger, they shot enough footage to to release this movie like two and a half more times or something. There's whole shit cut out, and they've wanted for years like, oh, we should get a director's cut or something. However, that 
is probably not going to happen because in 1997, the uh, production company that owns all of this movie in its entirety sold it to the people who actually own James Bond, Eon Productions. Oh. So that's why there's not like it's not like on a stream you can rent it but it's not like on a streaming service there isn't a dvd in production presently uh that's why um people just don't like talk about this movie as much like they, they kind of like they're, they're trying to lessen <laughs> lessen its impact on the cultural zeitgeist because they don't they they, they don't want to confuse people and it's such a shame because i would love for there to be like a comprehensive like blu-ray with like the making of and director's commentary and all the deleted scenes but so far as far as we know there's there's several scenes that have been described by actors in this movie and the director that no one has ever seen that's kind of cool um the director by the way i mean we mentioned this on another episode but this is a total like what the fuck kind of thing uh ivan or uh what's his name ivan even yeah urban urban he directed empire strikes back and then he directed this was the next movie he directed after empire strikes back and robocop 2 that that, that always uh entertained me yeah he directed robocop 2 no one's perfect okay (laughs) yeah but there's things about this movie i like pretty well and then there's a couple things that are just kind of eh for me but overall, I, I I did have fun watching it and stuff. So, what is everybody? You guys recommend it? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I do. Um, don't like if you're just like I want to watch all the James Bond movies. You can skip it. You're allowed to skip it. That's fine. But it's it's a fun and interesting movie. And like for like the early '80s time capsule, it is at parts like oh, there's an arcade, oh, this other stupid doofy stuff. Look at the nonsense they're wearing. I feel like it depends on how much you like Connery. Like, if you like Connery a lot, yeah, go, go watch this because you get to see him do it one more time. Yeah, and he, yeah, he has a little, he has a little bit more fun with it this time too. I feel like. Yeah, he gets to break the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah, it gets a really low recommendation for me, but basically on Sean Connery. Uh, if Sean Connery wasn't in this film, I'd probably be like, oh, if it wasn't Lazenby either, based off of what we watch through our ranking. Uh, um series um i would be like i don't know dude <laughs> i don't know if i could watch this movie that is not canon what if it was another 80s actor like it's james bond right it's 1983 look we want to make a james bond movie who's who's a big big honking deal that we can get or maybe an upcoming big honking deal like you would see that if the, if someone was like did you know they made a james bond movie and harrison ford was james bond you'd fucking watch it what if it was- what if Her- what if Harrison Ford was Felix, Felix Leiter? There you go. Because I, I was about to say, well, not, he's not British, so never mind. But it's got, it's got to be a British or a, a UK actor because it's Scottish or England. Or- Patrick Stewart and Gage. <laughs> I mean, Lazenby was Australian. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're right. The only foreigner to be Bond. That's right. He is. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a love recommendation for me. But it is time for to the final ranking. But before we do our final master list, um, I guess we'll do our individual um, seventh or one. And I'll, I'll go first since I you know wrote it, wrote it down last night. Um, so I have Never Say Never again at number seven. I originally had it at number six. But I changed it because, I don't know, it just didn't catch my eye a lot. Uh, Diamonds Are Forever, I felt like, had more 
Um, I had fun watching Diamond Suffer. Besides the the chase scene, um, that was really horrible with the space machine. But number six is Diamonds Are Forever. Number five is Doctor No. Uh, number four, You Only Live Twice. Number three, Goldfinger. Number two, From Russia with Love, and number one, Thunderball. So, Thunderball has been your favorite. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um. So That's I get. So Zach, what about you? What's your ranking? Okay. <clears throat> Number seven is Diamonds Are Forever. Number six is Doctor No. Number five is Never Say Never Again. Number four is Goldfinger. Number three is Rush With Love. Number two is You Only Live Twice. Number one is Thunderball. What? Oh, my God. I can't believe this. <laughs> Andy, what about you? What is your ranking? Mine's weird. Uh, it's weird and very predictable, honestly. Uh, number seven is Doctor No. Number six is Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, number five is... Uh, I was changing some stuff right before. Number five is Never Say Never Again. Number four is You Only Live Twice. Three is Thunderball. Two is Goldfinger. And one is From Russia With Love. Just because I'm that's, that's the kind of Bond fan I am. Why did you rate Diamonds Are Forever over Dr. No? I'm curious about that. Um, it still has like it, it. It has self-contained goofiness, and I really rallied hard against it because it, it's the beginning of like, oh, we need to cast a clown. Here comes Roger Moore. Woo! Enjoy this for fucking fifteen years. <laughs> but it's still like it's interesting. Uh, it has a lot of plot elements that you just don't see anywhere else. Like the stuff about like it's basically Howard Hughes, and yeah. um, uh, I like Felix in it more. Uh. I, it's very un James Bond, but I do like all the diamond heist nonsense, the diamond smuggling. I mean to say, because it's different. Um, there's 26 goddamn James Bond movies, and I, I just I just want to give it an edge for being different. Okay, I was just wondering. I, I didn't think you would have done that. Yeah, I I don't know. Mine. My, if you'd have asked me, I would have liked to see what I'd have done before we watched them again, what I would have put down, because it would have been drastically different than what we ended up with. <laughs> this is going to be hard um, to rank, because we all have different... I think me and Andy have the same number six. Diamonds Are Forever at number six? Yeah. Okay. Um, Mine, it's at the bottom you guys both have Dr. No real low, don't you? I have Dr. No at number five. Right. Mine's at six. Okay. Um, so I guess we'll we'll start at number seven. Um, what should be the um <laughs> the worst? Not the worst, but like the number seven pick. The least goodest. Yeah. Look, um, I think it's Doctor No, but I'm gonna roll right over if you guys want to make it Diamonds or Forever. See. I think Dr. No should edge it out because Dr. No kind of establishes everything really. Yeah. Like if you want, if you, it, it start, if it wasn't for Dr. No, we wouldn't have uh Thunderbolt Goldfinger for Marshall's love, et cetera, et cetera. So and me, yeah. And to me, the, the, the things that I really like about Dr. No is just like how, like um, how 
grounded everything is in it for the most part, like in terms of him doing all like that really subtle spy stuff throughout the movie. Um, yeah. like stuff with, you know, he does at the hotel and all that. And yeah, you're right. That that's, I kind of forgot about that a little bit. Look, and then yeah. try to kill him with a spider, you know, it's just, like, <laughs> um, whereas like, yeah, diamonds are forever. Like to me, I still maintain uh, the first third of that movie. I don't really like it's, it feels like it has nothing to do with what James Bond should ever be doing. Mm. And it just, it felt flat for me. Look, uh, Diamonds Are Forever has that killer Ford Mustang and has a really good theme yeah. song. Has a really good theme song. But Dr. No has Ursula Andress. So, yeah, I mean, there you go. You got it. <laughs> it has a dragon. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, are we putting Diamonds Are Forever at number seven? Or yes. Okay. Diamonds Are Forever is number seven. I think Dr. No should be number six but it sounded like you guys are going to say something about Never Say Never Again. No, I like Dr. No at number six. That's what I have it as. Okay. Yeah, I have Diamonds Are Forever at number six. Uh, I have Dr. No at number five. So I'm willing to concede Dr. No at number six. Um, I think my my thing with Dr. No is that, you know, it establishes the Sean Connery uh, as an actor, and it also establishes James Bond as a character as well. Uh, it gets really fucking goofy uh, with with all the stuff near the end with the the dragon and the the just the hotel scene and everything. And I I I thought Doctor No was a lame fucking villain. So yeah, th- that's my biggest hangups with it too. Is like at the the last quarter part of the movie, it gets kind of silly. And I think Doctor No is kind of a weak villain. Uh, that's that's really what I don't like about the movie. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I really do hope that uh, No Time to Die does feature Doctor No as a villain. Because if they could redo him, they can make him really cool, and maybe maybe that's what's coming in November. Fingers crossed. Yeah, if not, if we don't get hit with like a super bug or whatever. Um, um, I, I'm I'm. My thing is, I want diamonds off. Not diamonds off. Never say never again. Not to, not to hit the top uh four or three. So. <laughs> My, I want it at number five. Coming into this, I had it at number four, and I changed it while we were thinking about it. Um, again, I kind of give it the edge for being different, and I did. I criticized it really heavily when we were discussing it, so I don't know why I, why that was my first glean, but it's such an interesting example. It's so hard to rank it against these movies because they're all very definitely like products of their time, the 60s, it's Bond, he's exciting, and then... <laughs> Never say never again. It's the early '80s. Like, oh my god, this is out of nowhere. It's a decade removed. So I, I, I don't know. Yeah, we we can put it in number five. I don't really have anything else to say about it. Just that I, I just want people to understand. I don't hate that movie. It's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah I, I don't hate it either. But I just felt this was unnecessary um, to put in. Oh the, yeah, 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 absolutely. The people making the movie knew it was unnecessary. They just wanted to make money. Yeah, definitely a cash grab. Zach, what about you? Are you agreeing for um, Never Say Never to be at number five? Yeah, that's what I put it at, so... Okay. Um, I've got it at number five, too. Yeah. All right, Never Say Never again at number five. So what is number four? I have You Only Live Twice. twice. Yeah, I think think that was the one thing we agreed on, wasn't it? Zach, what about you? I had Goldfinger at four. Oh, okay. 
And you, oh, you only live twice is better than fucking Goldfinger. No, I, I liked it better than Goldfinger. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about it. All right, all right. So, like, I Tiger's guess, great. Tiger Talk is awesome. Tiger mm-hmm. Talk is awesome. And saying like, oh, do we, what special forces do you have? We don't have special forces. We have something better. Ninjas. <laughs> come on. Like, that's a little bit. Of, it's a little eye rolly though, in a way. Like, come on, though. This is cool. It does. It does smack of I'm a Western writer. What does Japan have? Ninjas. Kind of like, oh, he's in Japan. I guess there are ninjas. The. Uh, I mean, but there's other stuff about that I liked. I, I like the supporting characters better. And another uh, great car in that movie. Yeah, the Toyota 2000 GT was awesome. The same car. I wanted to bring this up. The same car that's in You Only Live Twice is in Go to Hell Bastards. It's a movie <laughs> I watched tonight. Yeah, that's cool. There, there it is on the cover, actually. Here, check this shit out. There it is. There it is. It's the same color, too. It's white. Um, The location. It. I mean, I mean, yeah, Goldfinger's in America and stuff. That's cool. But it's like, oh, James Bond is in Japan. That's That felt unique to me. Yeah, it's way more interesting. It's like Goldfinger is in Kentucky. I've fucking been to Kentucky. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Japan. I'd like to. <laughs> but also seeing what? also seeing James Bond in America was it, it, sometimes it's really rare to see, and I I like that's that. true. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying Japan is comparatively more in, an interesting setting to find James Bond in. in oh yeah, opinion. no doubt. Oh yeah, that, there's almost no way to debate that. Yeah, I don't know. Kentucky's got horses. <laughs> <laughs> mint juleps uh then there's um the fact that he gets to fight high chief peter Maivia, the rock's grandfather yeah like, come on <laughs> um you're bringing up good arguments but i i would counter that with they made sean connery a japanese man and sean connery just said fuck this cosmetic bullshit and i'm just gonna wear this wig and that's it i'm the, hey i'm not gonna defend that yeah, it's <laughs> cringy and stupid. Um, look, Goldfinger's got fucking odd job. It has the whole the whole golf scene. I love I love it. Like Bond is such a prick. He like gets cheated and cheats back and wins. I love when he like throws the gold on the green. He's like, I've got that motherfucker. Now you want to talk to me now? You know. It's, <laughs> um, it's got uh, I, I know, it's got a bunch of other stuff. Uh, uh, Pussy galore. Come on, great name for a Bond woman. Also really hot. <laughs> I just I just love his opening line. It's just like when she's like, she wakes him up. She's like, what's your what's your name? Pussy Galore. He's like, I must be dreaming. Must be dreaming. <laughs> um, I like Goldfinger. Like, uh, on one hand, because of his intellect, but at the same time, he's like kind of a huge wuss. What's uh What's the most iconic scene in you? Only, you only live twice. Oh well, um, there's the. I think of the car chase uh, with the the Toyota. That's cool. Yeah, I, I like the whole beginning of that movie where he so he just starts to get in Japan, and then it's like he doesn't even know who he's really working with yet, and he's just kind of like, "What the hell's going on?" Like he's trying to figure out like his footing, and it, that's kind of cool because you don't really see him in that situation that much, where he's like he, he feels really uncertain about everything that's going on. You know what else he was uncertain about? Getting his balls chopped in half by a laser. The most sure. iconic scene in Goldfinger is yeah. when Goldfinger straps him to a table. He's like, hey, I have an industrial laser the Chinese gave me that slices metal in half. I'm going to use it to slice you in half. And Bond is like, do you expect me to talk? He's like, no, I expect you to die. I expect you to get cut in half by a laser. Bye. And then he leaves. Yeah, It's like one of the most iconic scenes in all of James Bond. You're right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I put Goldfinger at number three. I, I don't know if Andy's is a little higher. I think it's at two. number two. I put two. it at two. Okay. Most uh, people put it at number one, so we're all weirdos here. <laughs> um, I, I I put You Only Live Twice at number four. I, I just... There are some scenes that are really good. Um, I keep on going back to that Japanese, uh, making Sean Connery a, a Japanese man, and then him doing that little helicopter stupid scene that I just didn't like. It's like, oh, here's all your weapons. Now just go kill these helicopters. And See, I liked it. I thought it was fucking cool, even if it was goofy as shit. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. Mm. Um, I... Uh, here's, here's another thing I didn't really like about Goldfinger. I didn't like how for half the movie he was basically captured. I, yeah. I didn't really care for that. There, a lot of the best stuff in James Bond movies come though when he's like being entertained in the lion's den. You know, like oh, this is this is my plan. You can't do anything about it, can you, bitch? You know that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know why though, but for some reason that movie I just didn't care for how they did it. Because yeah, any other time like okay, like in on Her Majesty's Secret Service, I didn't really mind it that much there. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, uh, like. I guess in Never Say Never Again when he like fucking opens the the thing yeah, in the boat. Like, he's been expecting you. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh, okay then. And he just gets up in there. Real quick, they renamed the boat. I hated that. The Flying Saucer. Yeah, the it used they- to be the Disco Volante. Way cooler. That is way cooler name. <laughs> oh, I forgot my favorite piece of trivia about. I'm sorry. This 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 is supposed to go way back when we were actually talking about the movie. That yacht was owned by a a, a Saudi arms dealer. <laughs> That's why in the credits it says thanks AK. It's his his uh, initials. They didn't want to like credit his name specifically because he like is a Middle Eastern arms dealer. <laughs> Holy shit! It's so they crazy. like borrowed the yacht and used it, and that same guy later sold it to Donald Trump. <laughs> he, renamed the, he renamed the ship like the Trump Princess or something really stupid like that. And uh, uh, Donald Trump later sold it to some Saudi prince or something. But that that yacht was owned by a Saudi weapons dealer when the movie was shot and was later sold by future president of the United States or sold to future president of the United States, Donald Trump. It's it's so fucking weird. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll I'll say this. I'll be willing to concede uh, you only live twice as lower on this list just because I get it. There's some things about that are goofy. It's just. Me personally, I, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you only lived twice at number, number four. four. Now we're at number three where things get a little a little dicey. Goldfinger guess, has to be at three for me. It sounds like it has to be Goldfinger. I, I like I said, I have it at two, but I, it, it sounds like it has to be, right? I think the real battle for you, Andy, is gonna be Thunderball versus from Russia with love at the number one spot. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't. It's so hard to fight both of you. I still can't believe that. I'm yeah. thunderbolt good. So, so um, uh, gold, gold fingers number three though. Yeah, right? I, I think we're gonna concede to that at number three because I think, um, we have to have this battle, uh, right now. So everybody knows, you know, in the, in the Bond community and in movies <laughs> that from Russia with Love is probably one of the best bond movies hands down but we all I mean, it's one of the best uh, a lot of people would give the edge to goldfinger that i mean that's just it's one of the most popular now that being said thunderball is where a lot of bond tropes come from a lot of people don't realize that thunderball it made such an impact because like when you watch austin powers like more than 50 percent of the bond jokes are coming straight from thunderball mm-hmm 
So I get it that th- that you guys would both love Thunderball so much, but it's still, I mean, there's there's such there's such like lulls in it, and they're in the goddamn Caribbean the whole fucking movie. It's like do something, goddamn it, this is boring. Quit swimming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Largo. Bond swimming again. Great. Oh, hey, here. there was that part in the beginning where he was at that fucking funeral, and then he fought the, the tranny guy who was the yeah, Spectre that's dude. Amazing. And I then he got that. out of there on a, in a jetpack. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. yeah. And Lar- cool. Largo is probably one of my favorite villains throughout this whole. He's great. Series. Largo, yeah. excellent. Yeah, I like Largo a lot. That's one of the reasons why I like this movie a lot. The other thing is, I think this movie strikes the perfect balance between the spy shit and kind of the more outlandish elements of James Bond that later comes in. That's true, but that's part of why I like From Russia with Love so much is because the outlandish stuff hadn't quite got in the back door yet. Like, I, I'm saying it's not gotten to the point where it's like, okay, back off a little bit. It's, why, it's, why are we in space? Yeah, like, why are we in space, Roger Moore? Like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but to me, it's like they introduced just enough silliness that they, it didn't really bother me, and it only enhanced what was going on, like the coolness of it and stuff. You're describing Goldfinger. God damn it, this pisses me off so much. Why? What the fuck? He had, he had a laser. He tried to chop his nuts off with it. That it's was not just that. It's, there's other things too. Like I, what? The dumbass sleep gas that put everybody to sleep is fucking stupid. <laughs> the, the Goldfinger is the marrying of like wacky Bond and serious spy Bond. This is so weird. I didn't like Goldfinger as much as that movie. I don't know, man. I mean, there's I not mean, a goddamn. I mean, that's fine. You're allowed to have that. It's your personal opinion. It could be anything. Like if you said Doctor No was the best one, I'd be like, okay, I guess that's the way it is. Um, there's not a goddamn Scuba War. I mean, <laughs> Love is just so classy. I love like the old world spy game of like, yeah, they just follow us everywhere, and we follow them, and then we let them know, and we've got a periscope, just like in their place for some reason that doesn't make any fucking sense yeah. also i just like istanbul it's one of the places i i've always wanted to go in the world so maybe that's that's just a personal thing um i love all the stuff on the train like i just it, it's a classic movie thing oh we're on a train i i like trains there's something romantic about it um i love the fight it, it's one of the best fights that we've seen you guys gotta give me that the fight in their compartment yes um I, I will say with this uh, fight off that they had with the, the the silent guy until he started talking, being like, uh, you know, acting like the other agent from America and all that stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll give that a little edge because it's just like, wow, like you didn't need to have a, uh, a Blofeld or a Largo or a Goldfinger. You just have this guy uh, and he's giving Sean Connery a run for his money. And and, and, and and Bond doesn't even know he's having his money given a run for. I think I phrased that wrong, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I, uh, that, that's, that's one of my favorite elements. You'll see a, a theme, not just here, but from now until every Bond movie, if we end up watching them one day. Uh, all my favorites are the ones where Bond is in like real danger, and sometimes he just doesn't even know it. I, I, Bond being in control is great. It's the power fantasy. That's the whole point of James Bond. Uh, jet setting, uh, banging beautiful women, shooting guys, beating them up, saving the Western world. But when Bond is in danger, the movie is way more interesting. And from Russia with Love, he's like in direct danger for like the second half of the movie and more. 
Oh, Thunderbolt. Yeah. Thunderbolt, he was uh, on an exercise machine. He was in danger. Yeah, you <laughs> my point. Like in Thunderball, in Thunderball though, he's like hanging out with Felix and going snorkeling and shit. And it's, <laughs> like, yeah, a, a weird guy in a dress almost killed him in Thunderball. There was no, there was no chance he was going to lose that fight. James Bond got the drop on him. James Bond, was like, guess what, bitch? I know, I know that's a man, man. And then he killed him. And then he threw roses at him. Yeah. And then he got out of there. <laughs> um, I'll oh, go ahead. No, I'm just going to do a quick point. Uh, out of all these movies, I think the best Bond girls uh, out of all the Sean Connerys was from Thunderball. Because Fatima was hot, Domino, Domino was hot, and... Um, oh, Domino's pretty hot. But the Russian chick in From Russia With Love is way hotter. Yes, ah, it's, come it's, on! No. <laughs> no, dude, no. <laughs> I disagree. Fatima was fucking gorgeous. And I, I, I was highly upset when she died and kicked the bucket, pretty much, in that movie. The one in the motorcycle. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I actually really like that chick that he picked up at, at, at the hotel and at, on the boat and everything and never say never again. I was like, she's fucking hot. And then she was just like an extra, basically. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry to go back on that movie, but I like that one part. She's like, Bond, this is dangerous. You should just come back to the, you know, the my place and all that stuff. Uh, this is before, like, the bomb blew up when Fatima fucked up. Oh, no, they, they just go to her room. Yeah. And then, like, across across the way, his room explodes. And she's like, what was that? He's like, I was uh, showing that it was a good decision to come here. <laughs> yeah. That, that, uh, Bond is saved in that due to dumb luck, not due to something he did. Nah, I don't like that. Sometimes dumb luck's okay once in a while. No, it totally is. That's fine. Once in a while, you can, you can get that in there because, you know, some percentage of everything has got to be luck. I don't think I'm going to win. Like, you guys can put Thunderball at number one, but man, it's going to, it's it feels weird. I don't, uh, it feels weird. <laughs> and I can't, but I, I don't know. I don't know what else. I, I honestly, I kind of came after you guys both said Thunderball. I was like, well, Thunderball's going to be number one because it's just a numbers game at that point. But, Man, it's so weird. Yeah, I. it's funny that me and Zach had the same, uh, because usually I'm the fucking asshole that goes, you know, puts Return of the Jedi at fucking number one and, and fucking Empire. Yeah, Target. when I heard your list, I was like, oh, it's going to be fun making fun of dubs for the next half hour. And then I heard Zach's list, and I was like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just make fun, fun of me, but when Zach get, <laughs> comes along, oh, man, asshole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i guess the we won the numbers game i mean zach conceded um what was the other one uh, yeah, zach, zach conceded a couple times so he kind of has it coming like yeah. I'll, I'll give him thunderball uh, and thunderball is an amazing goddamn movie so it being at number one isn't like a travesty or anything we, we didn't put a bad movie at number one thunderball's no. great like at the end of the day like thunderball has just enough kind of action for me that it edges it out because like for rush with love kind of feels like it still has some of the trappings of dr no where there's like not a lot of stuff happening really it, it is him still doing like a lot of spy shit but it, it never quite you know gets really exciting a couple times you know what i'm saying yeah i mean Th thunderbolt's great he does a lot of spy stuff too and it's fun but i mean he, he scuba dives like three times yeah yeah <laughs> And um, I don't know what it is about Bond movies. Some some of the movies, uh, I'll be 
you know, have an attention span, you know, watching it and everything. Um, Thunderball kept my attention from beginning to end. Um, from Russia with Love did the same thing too, and obviously Goldfinger. <laughs> the other ones I started to not nod off, but kind of just like look at other, like I have two monitors and I had, you know, the movie on the right and then stuff on the left. There were some times where I'm just like, uh, I don't like this scene. And I would just like fuck off and I would I would have it in my perif and it's like, oh yeah, he's fucking that chick. I get it. Or, you know, he's doing he's slowly doing Metal Gear solid shit stealth stuff to get around. So I don't know. But the the top three is the ones that kept me, you know, eyes on the screen. Uh all right. We have our master list. Um uh off the top of your head, and obviously no one's gonna be happy with their answers. Uh, which movie had the best villain? Which movie had the best intro? Which movie had the best Bond girl? Which movie had the best, um, I don't know, car? Best Bond car. Oh, shit. <laughs> best, um, best villain, Largo. Yeah, you, you already said as much. Largo's great. Yep. I guess, I, I guess a close second would be Goldfinger. Original Largo. It is. Yeah, right. Original, not Maximilian Largo, uh, whatever Largo. Yeah, fuck, fuck, fuck Maximilian. I hate that name. Fuck you. <laughs> Max Largo. <laughs> that sounds better already. I like, uh, I like the version of Blofeld in, um, oh, never mind. Uh, we're not talking about, uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. <laughs> not <mind>. yet. <laughs> no. Uh, that, I was going to say the same thing, though, really. Yeah, that's but, the best one so far. Uh, but yeah, it will be Largo for me, too. Um, yeah, I'll be Largo. I'll give you guys Largo. He has an eye patch. He's fucking badass scuba diver. He gets his hands fucking, dirty. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, then the best, I don't know. What were the, uh, best intro. Which one? Which movie has the best intro? Oh, shit. <laughs> Diamonds are forever. Look, look, look. Uh, I love the fake out in... Uh, from Russia with love because Bond's like yeah. sneaking around a garden and doing some kooky shit and then he gets fucking murdered and then oh no it wasn't actually Bond I don't really like that one yeah I, I, I thought you were talking about like music intro if you're talking like oh no uh, if you're talking the song um, oh man uh, Diamonds Are Forever for me yeah probably Diamonds yeah, Are Forever probably that Diamonds Forever um, but for intro wise uh, Goldfinger, Goldfinger. The fake out I loved. Zach, what about you? Well, the fake out wasn't from Russia with Love. Yeah, from Russia oh, with Love. My bad. Yeah, that. <laughs> Probably that one, just because it's so shocking. Although I really did love the intro of Goldfinger, where he's just like sneaking into that fucking silo and blowing it up, and then he goes like that, or he goes to that bar across the street or some shit. Yeah, he's got a tuxedo on under his wetsuit. Pretty bad. Lights a cigarette and the place explodes and everybody's like, "Oh my god!" He's just like real calm, looking around and shit. <laughs> and he kills that guy in the bathtub. Shocking, positively shocking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll go with "From Russia with Love" on the intro. It's just like, "Whoa, what the fuck!" I remember the first time I saw that. That's what I thought. All right, time to be, um, uh, complete sexist. jerks. Yeah, sexist. <laughs> which which movie has the best Bond girl? Well, I'm gonna say Thunderball. Dubs, you this think is, Thunderball too? Yeah, Thunderball. This, this is like a taste thing. Wow. Um, it's almost Ursula Andress, I'll tell you what, from Dr. No. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! I forgot about her. She's really good too, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, it's either Thunderball or or from Russia with Love. Like I just said. like Domino a lot from from the original Thunderball. Domino is really good. I just from Russia with Love. She's like, she's a clerk who then comes into the spy game and has to do all the spy shit. I, I like it. I don't know. It's 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 interesting. I mean, that's cool. Like her character is interesting. And yeah. She is really pretty and stuff too. Yeah, obviously, sure. none of these none of these women are fucking ugly or anything. It's just like none of these <laughs> movies are point. bad. None of these movies are really bad, in my opinion. Um, what about Car? I mean, DB Five seems to be the easy answer because it's in more than one movie, and it is a gorgeous car. We're talking like the main, the featured car, pretty much, though, right? Yes, but it's Not- the featured car in Goldfinger, so there you go. I'm the only. I don't know, man. I like the Toyota, and, and you only live twice a lot. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's such an interesting and exotic car because it's not something I'm used to seeing. I, I'm the odd one out here. Uh, the diamonds are forever. That red car that he's, you know, driving around in Vegas. That Mustang. The Mustang. Yeah. yeah. The Ford Mustang. I mean, yeah, I I take that car in a heartbeat. He's in America. That's what a car what? that we can actually like go buy somewhere. <laughs> yeah. What car? What car do Americans really like? The Mustang. I Ford threw a bunch of money at him. Mm. Yeah. Is that it? Is that uh? I, I kind of like the the side thing you did there. I think we might implement that more. Um, oh, it, it's it's a tradition. If you if you meet someone who's into James Bond, these those are the conversations that come up. Well, who's your favorite Bond? We can't have that conversation yet. Who's the best Bond girl? Car? Who's the best? Who did him the best? What's the best gadget? What's the best? All this other shit. I'm trying to think, best weapon maybe. I, we haven't seen it as much yet. Okay. Like later, we're going to be able to talk about like fucking lasers and golden guns and, <laughs> and fucking moon lasers. Pew pew. And uh, it's it gets kooky. I still like the cigarette rockets. And you only live twice. Yeah. He's like, can I have a cigarette? And he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you just know what's going to fucking happen. You know those things will kill you. <laughs> uh, what what movie is Christopher Walken in? Uh, View to a Kill. That's the last Roger Moore one. I can't wait to see Christopher. What are we doing, Roger Moore? Are we doing it after the Jean Claude Van Damme? <laughs> That's it. That was rare. <laughs> Honestly, though, I was like, it, I might just watch uh, uh, Live and Let Die because I like that movie, and it's next. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess uh, that is our Sean Connery rankings. Um, if you haven't heard, we're doing John Claude Van Damme, as Zach said. Um, the first movie we're going to watch is Bloodsport. Uh, that is Andy's pick. Uh, my pick is Time Cop. And uh, Zach's is, was it JCVD? Yep, for yeah. John Claude Van Damme. And we're doing it based off of what years it came out. Bloodsport came out in 88, Time Cop came out in 94. And JCVD came out in uh, 2008. So big, yeah. big jump, by the way, from 94 to fucking 2008. So that should be interesting. Um, Yeah. So remember to watch Bloodsport, come back here, and then we'll talk about it and uh, get ready for some fucking punchy punchy and all this stuff and weird sci-fi movie. Uh, And I don't know what JCVD is all about. Uh, was it bank robbery or something? And he explained. I assume there's punching in it. Yeah, I think I think it's it either he he's involved in the bank robbery or he is a hostage in the bank robbery. Mm-hmm. And he's like reminiscing about his life. 
<laughs> nice. Um, yeah, uh, there is no news. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, back and forth with Sony again. Apparently, uh, there's a lot of rumors going around that Sony is going to be um, doing like a shadow pre-order drop kind of thing right before uh, Xbox's uh, thing on Thursday just so that they can get the jump on uh, pre-orders and tell the price first uh, to force Xbox hand. What, 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 I mean, I know you guys are, you guys don't jump quickly on technology like I do, but is it bothering you that they are doing this chicken bullshit uh, of trying to see who's going to blink first on the price? Yeah, I mean, they're doing that on a lot of things. It's not just price. Yeah, they both seem like scared to death to announce anything. And it's just lay your cards on the table. It's it's they come out this year. Okay, we need some details. It's just dumb because before everybody always seemed like so sure of whatever they were going to do. And they didn't care until like maybe three years later when they're like, oh, maybe we fucked up a little bit here. (laughs) Now, Now everybody's like, oh, no, you first. No, you first. Except Nintendo. They're just the. You know, it's like that elephant playing the tuba. They just do whatever they want to do. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't even feel like Nintendo's competing with any, anyone anymore. Nintendo has cornered the Nintendo market, and they're happy with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I've said it for a long time. I think Phil Spencer is doing a great job. He's listening to the community. Um, people said they want games in their new console. That's what he went to go do it. Uh, go out and get studios and stuff. Um people were just like, well, I like my Sony PlayStation because they have more RPGs and JRPGs and stuff. Well, Phil Spencer apparently went to Japan and he's going to be, uh, we're going to be getting a Japan studio. I wonder who that's going to be. A lot of people are speculating. I I don't know the developer's name, but the people who've done Persona, uh, people believe that Persona might be coming to Xbox. Atlas? Yeah. They just announced that Shin Megami Tensei 5 is coming to the Switch. Oh. Also, Atlas is owned by Sega. Owned by Sega, yeah, that's right. They merged. Oh shit! Then maybe that's not it. Yeah, that sounds that that sounds incorrect. Now they might buy an exclusive from Atlas. I can see something like that. Happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm just really digging what Xbox is doing. They're really consumer friendly. Because he 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 did a letter. Apparently, he's like, well, you don't have to buy the new system. Uh, you just, you know, if you want to buy Halo Infinite, you can buy it on Xbox One X. It's going to be on there. It's going to be on PC. Uh, and when you're ready to buy the new system, do it. But eventually, they're going to have to put support into the new system to um, say, like, I'm buying this system because this game is on there. Uh, seems silly a little bit. It seems almost like that, so they can say, we weren't trying that hard. That's why we lost. We weren't really trying. It doesn't count. I see your point of view. But at the same time, it just like I think they are just not, and it, it it might be like the sore loser mentality, and I get it. But I I think they're going Game Pass is our main focus now. Uh, consoles are just yeah, consoles are just there, <laughs> and if we want to make it powerful, we'll make it powerful uh, for you to play on. But Game Pass is going to be where it's at. I mean, for God's sakes. Uh, if you, I know some people are not into streaming video games, but Stadia is rest in peace because the X, Project X Cloud is going to be free with uh, Game Pass Ultimate. Look, Stadia was rest in peace like a month after it came out. There's no reason to even bring that up. <laughs> uh, and they're talking about nobody knows yet, but um, 
you know, 12 months of Xbox Live is gone, and they don't know if they're going to just have Xbox Live be free and you're just paying for the service of Game Pass. I'd heard it was because there was something else that was like a comparable deal or something. Yeah, well, there's no official thing yet. Xbox hasn't been openly about it. Um, I If they take away Xbox Live, and for example, if nobody wants Game Pass, you could just say fuck off Game Pass, and if you just want to play Fortnite online, then you could do it for free instead of playing X, uh, buying Xbox Live Gold. Uh, no. On the contrary, physical forever, brother. I gotta, I gotta own my games. Uh, That's right. That's another thing, um, too, is do you think digital is going to f- uh, take over? Do yes. You, yeah? Yeah. It's I mean, it will. Uh, j- just because it's my opinion that I prefer physical games, that doesn't matter. I'm in the minority. Uh, digital is, in fact, uh, finally, this is the generation where it's incredibly viable. I, I think we're going to see a lot more mainstream consumers just go all digital. And it makes sense. I, you know, more power to them. Do it. But I'm going to keep buying physical games. I'm going to keep supporting, um, like, physical releases and, like, niche companies that will always do physical stuff, like Limited Run, Special Reserve, even even uh, publishers like Xseed and stuff like that, that that always stand by their good physical releases. Yeah. Zach, what about you? I know you're big into physical media. Do you... Um here's a i guess here's a question for you zach if all of a sudden new consoles are digital only will you stop buying those consoles even if they're good games or what would you do no i mean i'd still buy them because that's like i'm still playing pc games even though fucking the physical market for pc games is practically gone yeah it doesn't really exist anymore limited run puts one out like three times a year but that's pretty much it yeah two of them were like fucking star wars games this year yeah and uh i got both of them by the way (laughs) (laughs) um like computers don't even come with optical drives anymore they have it for like a a few years now uh it's like something you have to go out of your way to get Mm -hmm. so it's just this happened a lot faster for like pc and it's just like you're, you're going to reach that fork in the road. Do I stop playing games just because of this, or do I keep going? I'm yeah. going to keep going, but I'm always, if I have the option, I will always buy it physically. But if a console came, if the PlayStation 6 is digital only, you'll still pick one up if the games are still good, right? Yeah, if, as, long so as, gonna... games, as long as games are still good, and this is the other thing that needs to change, This is because I'll be bothered by this, is that, you can't keep selling digital games for the same price as buying it in the store. That's yeah. just got to stop. This is ridiculous. So what you're telling me is you're definitely going to pick up a ColecoVision Amico, right? <laughs> I, I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> the, the guy the guy who's making it was a, a guest on a podcast I listened to the other week. And I was like, oh, shit, I forgot those existed. Do they exist yeah. yet? And he was talking about it. And I have to admit, the guy's a hell of a salesman. <laughs> Tommy Tellerico, right? Tommy Tellerico, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's he's a real charismatic. He's a fun guy. Like, I actually looked it up. I was like, okay, seriously, though, how much are these things? That guy's when am real... I going to be able to play besides Earthworm Jim? That guy's got a really interesting uh, career in the industry. He's done he a did. lot of stuff. He certainly does. He talked about it a little bit on that podcast. Just a little, though. I, I actually, like, looked him up on Wikipedia afterwards to, like, fill in the blanks. Yeah, I was watching. You know, he's like, you know, he's Steven Tyler's cousin. 
Really? Did you know that? Yeah. Like <laughs> Steve Tyler is obviously his older cousin. But yeah. Uh, by the way, the same way how Andy found out about Tommy Tellerico is the same way because I was watching the, the Dick Show. I don't know if you guys watched the Dick Show. That's what he was on. He was on the Dick Show. Oh, you watched it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I guess we yeah, were. I'm a, I'm a Patreon of the Dick Show. I watch every episode. <laughs> Uh, shows about dicks yeah yes uh yeah then i guess that we watched the same show then that's cool um what else there's really nothing news i mean thursday is gonna be big uh for me i don't know about for you guys but i'm, I'm excited for xbox showing off games and i hope it's i hope it's not this bullshit be like uh perfect dark fable gears of war forza Halo, goodbye, everybody. There has to be new games. It, it can't be the same shit uh, because the o- the only way I'll accept Perfect Dark if it's in the same universe and not having uh, the main character. I forgot her name. Jonah. Joanna Dark. Joanna Dark. Joanna Dark. <laughs> Come on. I wasn't a big fucking dark. fake nerd. Name every rare character. <laughs> Geek girl, get out of here. <laughs> But but I'm excited. I'm um I'm hoping to see a lot of good games on Thursday. So next week we'll probably talk about what Xbox has uh, revealed. Andy. Before that, I want to talk about what we're going to do this week. Yes, I was just segueing to you. It seemed like it. Yeah. Um. Uh. The end of this week, we're going to record episode zero of what we kind of teased before. Uh, Accelerated Gamer. It's basically it's going to be a monthly podcast. It's going to have a visual component too. I'm going to edit it myself. So look for there to be some growing pains as far as not only uh, format, but also what I actually get showed. We're just going to try to tear down our backlogs. Like we all have dozens of games, maybe maybe more than 100 games that we've been meaning to play for years. I buy games faster than I play them because I'm a man child and I make poor life decisions. So this is going to be a show that uh, prioritizes tearing down the games that you have on your shelf and and digitally in your Steam account, maybe, that you haven't played but you've been meaning to play. Stuff you've heard is great. Um, and even, you know, some some screwy stuff that just you personally want to play. But it, it's going to be uh, point-based. There's going to be stakes. There's going to be a, a lot of um, side rules to it i I don't want to explain too much now that's that's going to be what the purpose of that episode is but look look out for that it's probably going to be on youtube somewhere but i assume also it's going to be up at nerd review just like every episode of this so if you're listening to this it'll probably be wherever that is i hope okay uh that the back end stuff well i want i actually want to talk to you about some stuff about that um so i guess zach do you have anything to say before i do the sign off thing no okay well no, 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 I don't. Okay. <laughs> all right. We all do have streaming channels. Uh, I do twitch.tv slash joedubs35. Andy, what is your uh, Twitch? Twitch.tv slash the cliche mustache. And Zach, what is your YouTube? It's uh, Zork Streams, but like as we discussed last time, if you Google that, it doesn't come up. So as long as you just provide a link in the descriptions, they, they'll find it. Okay. It'll be there. You'll get you'll blow up overnight, and then it'll be like on the front page of YouTube. Everyone can find it then. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you and Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So I guess we're going to sign off here. If you want to catch more of Nerd Review uh, Network uh, stuff, such as getting some color, if we ever get back to the Nemesis Project, 
uh, Accelerated Gamer, um, and Big Trouble Little Podcast. Make sure you go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Red Circle. We're also on Google Podcasts, by the way, if anybody fucking does Google shit on their Android. And we're in a lot of uh, podcast uh, applications that uh, I think we're on Podcast Addict as well. Um, so keep an eye out on that. But until next time, we are doing John claude Van Damme Bloodsport. See you guys later. Thanks for listening. Peace.